to me, as a dad, as a parent, as a youth leader, as somebody that loves you guys, it's sad to me to think that this is what we're sending you back into. That's sad to me. That, that how in the world can we become so broken as a society that we think this is a healthy place to send students? And that's not to say that we all have to bail out of school. You know, that's not, some of us are homeschooled. Some people are. Some people aren't. Some people go to private schools. It doesn't matter. This is the culture you're in constantly. And so that's kind of sad to me. The exciting thing for me is if it's that crazy, or can I use the word that dark, in your place of school, in your place of education, if it's that dark, then how much more of a bright light you guys can be? See, used to, when I, when I started first doing uh, youth ministry a long time ago, okay, a long time ago, uh, I, you could go into schools, you could visit, I used to go hang out and have lunches all the time, I was literally probably three or four days a week, I was at a school somewhere in the city we lived in, just hanging out, being a part of the school, got to know teachers, got to know principals, got calls from them to come in to do stuff at school all the time, uh, in South Africa, actually taught in schools, actually trained teachers in schools around engaging students well, all kinds of stuff. But here, it's not quite the same. It's like Fort Knox nowadays. You know, for me to get into a school is just unheard of, which is probably not a bad thing because it means you guys actually have to step up. If we're going to see Jesus radically invade our schools and see our schools become better places, it's up to you guys. It really is up to you guys. And all this stuff that, hey, adults don't have the answers, adults can't do this, and adults, the reality is adults can't. In your place, it's only you guys. But thank goodness you've got Jesus. There's five there's five things as we go as you go back to school this year. There's five things I want you to keep in mind. Um, five simple things. The first one being this: thinking may be the most critical thing you ever do. Thinking, using your brain, must be the most important thing you ever do. As a Christian, sometimes we think that sometimes, hey, you know, well, we got school and education and thinking and science over here, and Jesus and the Bible over there. Wrong. <laughs> it was never meant to be that way. People tried to get people to choose sides. Politics have tried to make sides. The media tries to get you to choose sides. But in reality, there isn't a side to choose because it's you and Jesus together in this thing. And he wants you to think. He wants you to use your brain. This is why going back into school and studying science, studying history, studying language, studying music, studying mechanics, studying whatever it is you're studying, sports, athletics, Whatever it is, the classes you're taking, whatever they are, they are important. Yes, they may not be studying the Bible as such, but if we want God and His Word to impact every area of our life and every part of society, then you need to know about every area of society. If your thing is science, you need to know about science and understand how to apply God's Word in that place. If your thing is history or philosophy, you need to understand how do you apply God and His Word in that place of history and philosophy. If your thing is sports, how do you apply sports into, or how do you apply the Word of God and Him into sports? That's why it's important to think, to use your brain. It's important to study. Some of you have been naturally gifted with brains. You just get it. It just happens. A's pop out of you like poops do every day. They just come out easily. You know, okay? <laughs> it's natural for you. All right? Some of you, A's are like you're constipated. <coughs> and it's still not happening, right? <laughs> you can take a laxative and it still doesn't work. The A's just don't come out, right? <coughs> That's okay. It's the way God made us. He made us different. That, but if you're the person that gets the A's, you still need to be studying and understanding. If you're the person that's not getting the A's and you're the constipated one... <laughs> You still need to be 
studying. Don't give up. We're going to get to a minute about the whole thing of comparison, but don't give up just because you're not like somebody else. God made you that way for a reason. Still engage. Still engage. It's your responsibility to do the work. It's your responsibility to do the work. Now, I say that as a student who didn't do the work. Guilty as charged. <laughs> Four years of high school, I did zero to a little bit of homework at times. I, I, very little work. All the way into my senior year, and in my time going to high school, senior year, the big thing was your senior paper. You had to write the big senior paper. That was a big thing for us at the time. That's one of the big official things, learning how to write the paper. And uh, first half of the year, I did nothing. I did nothing. I like like these little things, I, like eggs on my car. It's constant across my grades, like this constant. And eventually, I decided to do something. I did a bit of a senior paper, just enough to pass. And who knows? But it was not there. It was lost. Thank goodness, a friend of mine. Dad saw me working on the paper, saw the final form. He actually helped me draft it and put it together. So he could vouch for me. He actually did the paper. And then he said, great, fine. Come in my class on graduation day. Come in my class and show me you have some ability to write. This is graduation day. Her grade depended on if I failed, I wasn't graduating because I was barely getting past everything else. And so I came in graduation day early that morning, sat in her class. She gave me a book. One of her teacher books with a poem in it, and she had all her notes she'd written down. She'd write me a paper on this poem. Well, that's pretty easy. It's just your words. There we go. No problem. I can do this. I wrote the paper, and she passed me because she lied on my grade. Yeah, that's why I got out of high school. That's the only reason, because I had a teacher lie about my grade, and that's the reason I got out of high school. Thank you, Jesus. We're good teachers. Um, <laughs> polite teachers. Sorry, polite teachers. <laughs> Now, I say that because it's caused complications for me my entire life. Now, I got out of high school, and I had to learn how to study. I had to learn how to read well. I struggled for a long time. Thank goodness, in my 20s and late teens, I put the effort in, and now I can read and function halfway as a human. You know, <laughs> But I had to put a lot of extra work in later, and it's cost me. There's no excuse not to put the work in. None. Zero. So as a dad... And a year old youth leader, I'm telling you now, if I hear of any of you not putting the work in, we're going to have a chat. Ooh. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going to be mean, okay? I'll just slap you a bit, beat you up, it'll be done. Um, <laughs> I'll get you unconstipated. Don't worry. <laughs> Take a few laxatives, you'll be okay. Your raise will come. Um, just do the work, okay? Thinking is critical. Thinking is actually the way you honor God because it actually says this in 1 Corinthians uh, 10.31. says, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, including school, do it all for the glory of God. Try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. Whatever you do, do for the glory of God. See, when you don't put the work in, it's not about your teachers. It's not about your mom and dad jumping down your throat. It's not about me having a chat with you. Fundamentally, what you're saying is, I'm going to dishonor you, God. That's really what you're saying. Thinking is the most critical thing you can do in your life. Use your brains. We need more thinking Christians out there. Okay. Number two, the most important thing uh, you'll do this year, the most important book you'll read this year is your Bible. 
you're going to get loaded down with all kinds of stuff to read and do. And you're going to read this and got to do this assignment, write this paper and do this test and study for this exam and study for this and take that. And your schedule is going to get full. And the temptation will be, if you started good habits during the summer of engaging God's Word and engaging God on a regular basis, the temptation will be, my life becomes full, so I'm not graded on my relationship with God, so I'm just going to push that off to the side. And yet He is the source for everything you're doing. He's the source for it all. It says, it says this in uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16, 3, 16, 17. All Scripture is inspired by God and is used to teach us what is true to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. If you are going to school and you're doing the work, you're preparing yourself for your career, you're preparing yourself to be a functioning citizen, okay, a functioning adult in society, then certainly you should be preparing yourself to be a healthy believer. Don't give up reading the scripture consistently. If you haven't picked it up yet, go ahead and add it to your routine now. Get it in there, that consistent reading of the Word. Some point, some point in your day, morning, afternoon, lunch period, between classes, at night before you go to bed, some place where you're consistently reading the Scripture. Because it's one thing to come here on Wednesday night and go, oh, we love you, we love you, we love you, and then you don't talk to Jesus the rest of the week. Because you're living a lie, basically. This is great emotional stuff, and this is wonderful, but it's the daily consistency where the Father really speaks to you. There's been so many times where the Father will speak, has spoken to me, specific situations I'm going through, and I pick up and read the Scripture and go, oh, the Scripture speaks to that thing right there. You want God to speak to you more regularly? You want God to, just, you want to see miraculous things happen in your situations? Keep reading the Bible as you go through this year. Number three. Someone younger than you needs you. Do not underestimate your influence. Every one of you. Sixth graders are coming in. The fifth graders left behind are going, man, I can't wait to be a sixth grader someday. They're looking up to you. Eighth graders looking up to ninth graders. Ninth graders looking up to be juniors. Juniors looking to be seniors. Seniors looking towards college. Everybody's looking to the next thing. So this school year, can I encourage you to look back over your shoulder and see who's watching. See who's watching. Students, friend of yours that aren't here on Wednesday, maybe they're not involved in a church anywhere, but they're watching you. You come off this, 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 this summer and had a great encounter with Jesus. You come up, you're ready, fired up, you're ready to go. You get into your classes, and they're asking about your summer. You're telling them about this. You're telling them about camp, and they see something's different inside of you. They're watching you. I don't tell you that to put pressure on you. I'm telling you as a reality, they're watching you. Because everybody wants something real. You want something real. Your friends want something real. And they're watching you to see, is this real or is just an emotional summer? Is this real? Don't under underestimate your influence. Um, in, uh, I can't see it. Hold on a second here. In, um, in Matthew 28, 19. Classic verse says, therefore, go and make disciples in all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everybody is called to make disciples, not just leaders. If you're here tonight and you say, I'm a Christian, I'm following Jesus, guess what? The first thing you're called to do is make disciples. Look over your shoulder and see who's following. 
part of making disciples is are you meeting with them regularly and consistently? There's some younger in your school. You know you got influence there. Maybe every Tuesday, just make it a point during lunch to go and connect with those two or three students. How's it going? Maybe between class, make it a point to connect on a regular basis during the week with those couple of students. Make it a point right before class. I know back in the day, long, long, long time ago in high school when I was there, every morning there was a group of us that met before school every morning and hung out. That's just what we did every morning. Maybe that's you. Maybe you form a group and you meet out and meet before morning, before classes even start every morning or three times a week or once a week or something. But intentionally take those younger than you and start putting into the life. Start now. You want a bigger purpose. You want something bigger to live for. You want to have influence. You want life to have impact. There's a whole bunch of people younger than you watching. And not just watching, but they need you. They need you. You're sitting here tonight, you're not sure if you're needed at all, if you're even wanted. Someone younger than you needs you tonight. They need that big brother. They need that big sister. They need that role model to look up to. They need someone to put the arm around them. They need someone to give them a high five, someone to cheer them on on a crappy day. They need you. I want to encourage every one of you, 80-plus students here tonight, every one of you, find someone, at least one this, this, this school year. Find one. And start putting into their life. Fourth one. Comparison in the classroom can be the birthplace of pride. Now remember a moment ago I spoke about those that get A's and those that don't, right? And the reason that's a big, th- big thing is because in the culture in our classroom, and I'm not bashing the classroom, it's just, it is what it is, okay? It's education. It's just the way it's set up. But in the culture of the classroom, comparison is built into the context, the way our culture and society is set up, it's built into the context. You're always comparing who's got the A's and who has less than that. Who's scoring the points in the games and who's not. Who's performing well and who's not. Who can climb the rope and who can't. Who can win the race and who can't. It's always comparing, comparing, comparing. Your whole, the whole school system set up that way for various reasons. It's set up that way. But what starts to happen is you start thinking, oh, I'm the top one. I get the A's. I get the B's. I'm the one the teachers like. I'm good at sports. I'm good in my class. I'm popular. People know me. And you start to think you're okay because of those things. And that's pride starting to slip in. See, in your classroom, comparison can be the birthplace of where pride starts to slip in. Pride starts to come in there and you start to think you're better than because someone else is struggling. And what really needs to happen is you need to step out your comfort zone and help the one that's struggling if they're willing to receive it. On the flip side of that, some of you may not be the ones that get A's. You may not be the superstar of sports. You may not be the one at the top of the class that can run in the races and do all the great things. And you feel like you're something less than. You're just as guilty of comparison. Because <laughs> you're comparing yourself to them and think somehow that's less than. You're smaller than because you're not as good as. And that can lend itself to pride because you start taking your identity in other things. As being the class clown. As being the bad girl or the bad guy. Or being the girl or guy that all the other girls or guys like. Or the ones that everybody wants to get in home and in quiet places, if you know what I mean. Pride starts to slip in. You form different identities, trying to grab something other than you're a daughter or son to a father in heaven who loves you. That's the only place you're allowed to be prideful at. (laughs) And it doesn't make us better than somebody who's not, by the way. We're allowed to be proud, take pride in the fact that we are children of heaven, that the Father loves you, 
So be careful letting pride sort of slip in. And the antidote to pride, there's three things you can do to, to kind of kill the whole pride factor coming out, okay? First thing is be quick to celebrate others. Romans 12.10 says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Take delight in it. Like make it a competition, see who's best. No, don't do that. <laughs> but delight in it. How quick can you celebrate someone else? Find people. Make it a daily challenge for you to find someone to celebrate every single day for some reason. You do that, it's kind of hard to get prideful real quick. A second thing you can do to beat pride is slow to think more highly of ourselves than we should. In Romans 12, 3, it says, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think of yourselves better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measure yourselves by faith God has given us. Don't think of yourself better than you really are. Be honest in evaluation of yourself measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Again, it comes back to what's the Father given versus what you're so amazing at. Be careful with pride because pride, when we spoke about it a few weeks ago, the moment pride comes in, what does God do? Resist him. You want God to keep moving like he's moving here. You want to keep seeing the miraculous things happen. You want to see your friends excited for Jesus. You want to see your, see your friends turn to Jesus. You want to see your families excited for Jesus and, and your, your moms and dads come together again. Your family come whole and healthy again. What's the pride? Because it's the very place that, God, that the enemy comes in and this thing sh- shuts right down. You can't let pride slip in here in any way, shape, or form. None of us are better than anybody else. Just because you're up here singing doesn't make you any better than anybody else. Just because you're out there singing great doesn't make you any better than anybody else. Be careful how we measure ourselves. We want to take pride in the faith that God has given us. Watch the pride. And the last thing, last thing is only Jesus saves. Romans 3, verses 10 and 12. As the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. I love that. All have become a bunch of useless people. All have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. Even on our best of days, we're probably not doing great at things. Just because we're broken. We're trying to figure this thing out. And at the same time, we're amazing people because we're sons and daughters of a Father in heaven. But only Jesus can save. Jesus is the only hope for your friends. Jesus is the only hope for you. Jesus is the only hope for your moms and dads and your families. You may be stressing about going into school. You may not be stressing about going to the school. I don't know. But whatever side of the fence you are in terms of anxiety right now, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the only one that pulls you through. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to see us sustain what God has done through the summer. And I want to see it build through into the school year. And I want to hear stories of incredible things happening in your school because God's spirit isn't limited to four walls of a building called One Life Church. Matter of fact, this building is not the church. The scripture very clearly teaches us that we are the church. Wherever we are, that's where the church is. We could take this whole meeting and go outside in the middle of NASA bypass over there, stop the traffic and have worship. And guess where the church is in the middle of NASA by- bypass? The police would come, and Jesus would be there to meet them. (laughs) That means wherever you guys go, that's where the church is. So the church is going into your schools this year. That's why it's important for us to be connecting as we get into the schools. 
That's why tonight, Melissa's trying to get some information as you guys are coming in once in a while. We're trying to start getting a database of where you are in school. So we know what school's represented because we want to try to logistically, it's a massive undertaking. We want to try to logistically set up some checkpoints at school during your days, during your weeks. That somehow you can carry a bit of this community into your school space. So somehow there's two or three of you in a school, and we find a location at a time, at least a couple times a week, that you can come together, and even just for five minutes to check with each other. Hey, how's it going today? Are you okay today? What can I pray for? Are you doing all right? So when you're having a crappy day or a great day, you've got a community that you can celebrate or pray with. Because Scripture says wherever two or three are gathered, He is there. I want Jesus to be represented in your schools. I want his presence. Wouldn't it be crazy? Wouldn't it be insane if we saw some instant miraculous healings in your school without people praying for it? Wouldn't it be crazy? Do you think your school might start to change if Jesus started doing stuff like that in your school? You know, I've seen, I've seen, I've got friends of mine that have seen, have gone to schools and have seen scars of girls that have been cutting themselves and then come for prayer in the school, during the school day, and the scars leave the girl's arms. And what starts happening with all the friends? What the heck? <laughs> this is, something's real. This is real. This is not just some religious thing. This Jesus, this God is real. And suddenly the Spirit starts to move in a school context. And the darkness can be pushed back. Because you've got friends that are hurting. Maybe some of you here tonight are hurting. And Jesus is saying it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. There's an opportunity coming. It's called school. It's not a four-letter word. S-C-H-O-O-L. Is it seven letters? Is that right? Six letters. Seven. S-C-H-O-O-L. Six-letter word. <laughs> I told you I was late. I was a late bloomer in school. Okay. It's not a four-letter word. It's a six-letter word. <laughs> it's a six-letter word. It's not bad. It's not evil. It's not mean. But I think as a dad, as a dad, we, parents and you, students, have let the enemy have full reign in our schools. And I'm not talking about fighting politics and fighting policies and condemning this person. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about going in. And as I would say in South Africa, we're going to go in and love people's faces off. Doesn't sound pleasant, but it's really great, I promise. I want us to go in and like an explosion of his love and grace hit our schools. Why can't we believe for that? Why can't we believe for that? It's just the next step in what I believe he wants to do. But here's where the burden rests on you guys. As a parent, as a youth leader, I can pray, I can encourage, I can meet with you during the week, but you're the ones in the school every single day. Every single day. Let's make the best of this year. Can we do that? I want you to turn to someone and say, I'm going to make it the best. I'm going to make it the best. Give him a high five, scratch the ear. I want you to, I want you to stand up for a second. Okay, I want you to stand up. Okay, there's no great mass of spiritual truths tonight. I just want to chat to you, okay? We've got a big opportunity, and I'm excited about what Jesus wants to do. Don't be overwhelmed by all the crap headed your way.
be overwhelmed by the power of His love and grace, by what He can do through your life and the lives of others at school. There's going to be good days. There's going to be bad, bad days. Some of you are going to have amazing years this year. Some of you are going to have some tough year this year. But it's okay. Jesus still loves us, and we're still moving forward. And we're still here to encourage each other. Okay? Now, I want everybody except for the graduating seniors to sit down. Graduating seniors, you can come stand up here, please. Graduating seniors. Oh, great. We're switching. There we go. Graduating. Graduated. Graduated. You are graduated already. Everybody else can sit down, okay? There we go. Okay. So, so there we go. We got these are the these are the students. These are the students that unless they're t- helping us out into this next year, we spoke to them. Unless they're helping us out, these are the students that unfortunately tonight is their last night. Yeah, this is the last night. Okay. Doesn't mean they're leaving us forever. Doesn't mean they're lost to eternity. They're still in our church. They're still hanging around. You can still hang out with them, but they can't be on Wednesday nights. Well, I can, but yeah, I can sneak in on the back and hang out, you know. Um, so they're leaving us tonight. But before they leave us, I asked them, we had dinner with some of them on Sunday evening, and I asked them to get ready because I want them to share one piece of wisdom with you, okay? Particularly those coming into high school, okay? Particularly those coming into high school. What's one thing you would tell someone coming into high school that you know now sitting on the other side moving into college, okay? What's the one thing? And so we're going to start down here with Mr. Wisdom himself. give you some advice that I wish I had listened to when I was going into high school, um, which is don't get so bogged down in the details of it. When you're in it, it feels like this is everything, but you've got, you know, eternity if you're talking about your entire life, including your life with Jesus, and this tiny bit of your life. And while it's like, it's important to be, to do well and to work hard in school because, I mean, it does matter for your future. You need to remember that you are a child of God before you're a student or before you're a friend or a musician or an athlete or anything like that. So just remember to keep everything in perspective. And, uh, yeah, don't get too stressed out because I was very stressed out all through high school. I mean, you're only in this moment for right now, so enjoy being young. Enjoy being in high school. So this is something that my dad actually told me because in the beginning of high school, I moved here from Missouri and I didn't have like any friends and I was just so bummed out because I moved here and I was like, dad, I feel like I have nothing, like I'm not getting anything from this. And he told me that sometimes you're placed somewhere not to be blessed, but to be the blessing. So I think some, some of you may feel like super bummed out, even in youth, sometimes at school, sometimes in your home. 
And sometimes you're there to not be blessed, to not get stuff from it, but to be the blessing to others, which can be super hard and it can be super draining. But sometimes that's where God places you. didn't learn was to make memories because you're going off to college or you're you're leaving and you need some memories that like look you'll go with you know um I feel like yesterday my sister and I went I went to college with my I went to college (laughs) (laughs) to high school for the first time and I was like super nervous and like I didn't really make that many memories and I was like this senior year I'm gonna make memories and I did make memories and um as you can see I wear two rings and one of them is my class ring, and the other one is just a plain ring, but I chose it for my only ring so that y'all can come with me to, to, to college and my high school friends to come with me, too. I could have an entire hour speech of what to do and not what to do in high school because my goodness is there a lot. Um, (laughs) I'm just going to say this thing. Um, As someone who I don't have a very big appetite sometimes, this is your reminder. Eat something for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It does not, hang on. It does not have to be something big. It does not have to be a uh, egg and bacon sandwich with avocado toast and sriracha. It can be something like a granola bar. You need that energy. You are growing. Your brain is growing. And you will thank me later because you will not have the brain fog that I had for four freaking years in a row. everybody. I'm Sean. Nice to meet you. This is my second night here ever. And now that you know my name, I'm going to give you some very important advice that you should listen to because you know you've known me for so long. (laughs) Really, I'm really bad at giving advice about high school specifically. I, my senior quote, I don't even remember what it was. Um, <laughs> but what I w- would say is at least one thing that I've lived throughout my life is that basically um, be the reason that someone smiles each day. And that, that really f- feeds me and gives me energy because making peop- other people feel good makes me feel good. And so I think that's a pretty universal human thing. So, there you go. Uh, Just take the challenge, accept it, and just get her done. Yeah. 
I'm with him. This is my second night ever here. Um, <laughs> all I'm saying is in high school or going into high school is try to be nice to everyone and make sure, like, you know, they said, just keep a smile on your face. You know, be the one who's always happy when you're not because you never know what the other person is going through. Make sure you get a good night's sleep. Because if y'all don't, y'all are going to be zombies in the morning. Experience, experience. So, and especially when you have to get up super early and then drive a long way, just make sure y'all get a good night's sleep and y'all, you know, just study, really, actually. I guess take help, whether it's asking or receiving it if someone offers it, because I know the first year I didn't, because I was too shy to go out there, but once I did, it really helped me. So, from those that have been here two nights to those that have been here 18 years, whatever it is. <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, can we stand up? Can we stand up? And let's give them an absolute cheering ovation, please. Too much. Okay. Now the, the next part's gonna be a little trick. Next part's gonna be a little tricky, okay? Because I need. Um, uh, what we want to do is we want to gather around. We want to pray over them now, okay? Want to pray over them. But, but, if you have something specific you want to share with them, make sure you get in close to them so they can hear it, okay? Outside that, if you don't know them well, you just want to pray. Kind of stand back, let others know them, get in close. So they can speak to them specifically, unless you have something specific to say to them, okay? But let's come. Let's put hands on them if you're comfortable with that, okay? Not in their heads or hairs, just comfortable places, please, okay? Um, uh, put hands on them, and uh, let's pray over them, and let's send them off well, okay? Gather around. And in this time of prayer, in this time of prayer, you may want to move around and pray for a couple different seniors, okay? So you don't have to stay with the same one. You can pray around a few different ones, all right? I'll encourage you to change it up every once in a while, because it may take a little bit, all right? You can come here on the stage, by the way, too, guys. There's space back here. Okay. All right. Put your hands and just start praying. You know what to do, guys. You do this all the time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Good, good, Father. Good, Father. Good, Father. So good, Jesus. So good, Jesus. So good. So good, Father.
We want to move around to some others. We're going to find some other people to pray. We're going to start shifting around, okay?
maybe you're done praying for a singer, but you want to pray for someone else, go ahead and do that today. Maybe someone's struggling with anxiety with school, you want to pray for them, friend.
Okay, we can start. Uh, we're not quite done. Hang on, just another couple minutes. Okay, a couple minutes. Not quite done yet. Okay, can I ask you, can I ask everyone to find, find one senior, please, find one senior, put your hands on them, we're going to finish one last prayer, then we're going to move on, okay? Find one senior. Citizen. Senior citizen. <laughs> find one senior student. one senior student, not a senior citizen, just a senior student. Come on, find around. Some over here, over here. One back here in the back. Guys, there's some, there's, right there, I see you. No, I see you. <laughs> we have some leaders, guys, adult leaders, you're part of this too, by the way, hanging around the corners. Come on. Come on, adult leaders, get in here. Get your hands on somebody. Okay, Father, we are so incredibly grateful, first, for these seniors, these graduating seniors, first, that you brought them into our lives, that we've had the privilege to know them, even if it's just for two nights. We've seen your beauty already. We've seen your beauty in two nights. We've seen your grace in their life in two nights. And for those that we've known much longer, we've been able to have many experiences and memories with them. Father, we pray tonight that this is not the end of memories and experiences. Those that are going off the way to college, we pray for your protection, your peace, your grace, your mercy to go before them. We pray for them to land into a Christian community that would love them exceptionally. We pray their faith would grow and be encouraged. And when they come home, we would see them as giants of faith as they've grown and grown and grown. Those that are staying, Father, may we continue on the journey with them and watch them grow in their faith more and more and more. The days and the years go by. But this is not the end of the story. This is the beginning of a new story. We look forward to all the blessings, all the miracles, all the goodness that's going to go into their lives in the days ahead. Well, we pray for wisdom, we pray for grace, we pray for stamina, we pray for the ability to study well, to do well in school, we pray for the right people to know them, to open the right jobs, the right positions, the right classes. Whatever it is they need, Jesus, we pray that you will go before them and provide the way. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We get the call.
cheering them every day as they move forward. Bless them, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. One last big squeeze. Big squeeze. Quick announcement for all you graduating seniors. We are starting a college ministry. It is happening. We'll give you dates and details, but starting in September. Okay, Vanessa and myself will be leading it, and we got a few other people with us leading that, okay? So college people, bring your college friends, more of them. Okay, uh, Bud, it's you, buddy. All right, everybody. If you would, kind of start making your way back to your chairs and go ahead and grab all your stuff and move it to the side, please. I mean, listen, guys. The graduating seniors are about to leave, but we're not going to let them leave without playing one last game with them. Is that right? <laughs>